Hello, and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you're tuning in, and we hope that you will be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. second that um, I was I didn't know what I was going to do this week and the Lord continued to um, work with me concerning um, where are the intercessors so I'm going to give you a part two of this message today uh, since God has really um, put it on my heart to kind of go a little for, further with this um, message uh, I feel like this is the heart of God and he continued to impress it upon my heart to say that this is what I want to share with the people so I'm going to be obedient and do as such. Um, before I go there, I want you to register. Again, do not show up at the door and you didn't register because we got to make sure that we account for everybody that's there um, September 6th and moving forward. So you got to register every Sunday to let us know that you're going to be in attendance for that particular Sunday. But I want you to go to Ezekiel chapter 33. Um, when you have it, it should be on your screen. And it says, again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, when I bring the sword upon a land and the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him their watchman. When he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, Verse 4 says, Then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. Verse 5 says, He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not take warning, but his blood shall be upon himself. But he who takes warning will save his life. Verse 6 says, But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet and the people are not warned and the sword comes and takes away I mean and takes any person from among them then I mean he is taken away in his in his iniquity but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand I want to bring you up to Mark chapter 14 Mark chapter 14. Vernon, can you turn yourself up just a little bit for me? Mark chapter 14. Mark the 14th chapter, and I'll be reading in its later verses. As you see it on verse 38, it says, Watch and pray. Watch and pray, lest you enter. Lest you enter, excuse me. Um lest you enter into temptation the spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak again i'll say watch and pray lest you enter into temptation the spirit is indeed indeed is willing but the flesh is weak i want to uh, give you part two of where are the intercessors where are the intercessors where are the 
Samaritan intercessors. I'm going to start this. I'm going to start this message telling you about a person, telling you about this lady. Um, her name is Miss Johnson. The lady's name is Miss Johnson. Miss Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad I have a story for this sermon. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, this lady named Miss Johnson, um, she is a lady who lived right across the street from my um, uh, grandfather's house. She still does to this day. So she lived right across the street from my grandfather's house, and I believe she went and worked with my grandmother as well down at the hospital. I think they were um, co-workers at, at, at the time um, before. So this lady, Miss Johnson, she lived across the street, ladies and gentlemen. And Miss Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, we call her the watchdog. She is the watchdog. Miss Johnson is what we call one of those neighborhood neighbors who knows what's going on on the block. All right. Uh, Miss Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, there was nothing that was happening on that Ken Hill block that she didn't know of. Right. Ms. Johnson could help you when she felt like somebody was walking around the neighborhood and you forgot that you didn't lock your doors. I mean, Ms. Johnson came in on the clutch. Ms. Johnson could, could tell when, when there was people who were on the block that she ain't never seen before, who looked suspicious. There was not much that happened on that Ken Hill block. Uh, and, and, and you were not going to just do any old thing because Ms. Johnson was the watchman we call her, the watchdog, sitting on the stoop. If she wasn't sitting on the stoop, I mean, she would sit on the, she would sit on the stoop, ladies and gentlemen, um, for about, like, in 100-degree weather. Like, this woman would sit on the stoop. She would sit there, and she would watch. Such a sweet lady. She would be, uh, if she wasn't on the stoop, she had the window cracked uh, in, her, in, her, in, her, in her room, ladies and gentlemen, and she could hear what's going on on the block. There was not much that this woman did not see. She she could see it, she knew it, and because people knew that she was there, there was not much going on on the block. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason why I give you this story about a lady named Ms. Johnson is because I'm trying to show you a correlation to what we are called and what God has chosen us to be, the kingdom citizens in the land. We are to be watchmen. We are to be intercessors. Ladies and gentlemen, intercessors, a part of what they do is to watch. It is to watch. Ladies and gentlemen, watching and praying are in direct correlation with one another. You, it is in, it, Watching and intercession, ladies and gentlemen, is in direct correlation with one another. You cannot, when we begin to talk about last week how God was looking for intercessors, and we begin to talk about he couldn't find anybody, so Jesus came, and he was our mediator and different things like that. And towards the end of the message, we talked about how God began to intercept things and how we have the power to intercept things. Yes, everybody needs a Miss Johnson. Everybody <laughs> needs a Miss Johnson. So the reality is, is that we're there, uh, we're there, and there's no way that you can, ladies and gentlemen, be, be a true intercessor without having a sense of being alert, without being alert, without having a sense of discernment. A lot of times we have discernment, but we don't use it. A lot of times we have the discernment by the Spirit of God and know exactly what we need to do in most cases, but we don't put it to work. We don't put it to practice. And when we don't put certain things to practice, what ends up happening is we end up 
losing battles that we should have won or we should or we could have avoided certain things if we if we saw and if we saw what we knew what we saw in a person or in a certain situation we could have been avoided that but because we didn't use the discernment because we were not in the place of watching and being alert ladies and gentlemen we fall into the trap of the enemy second corinthians put it on the screen for me second corinthians ladies and gentlemen would tell us this is the reason why we must be in a watchful place and i'm going to give you what is going on in the book of ezekiel it says second uh, corinthians chapter 2 verse 11 lest satan should take advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices the way that the enemy can take advantage of us is if we're not paying attention that if we're not being alert ladies and gentlemen let me tell you something we are in a time in our country right now where god is looking for the intercessors where God is looking, he's not looking for a specific group of people. No, he's He's looking for the believers to stand as intercessors and watchmen on the door so that we can cry mercy and uh, cry mercy for our land and for our country. There are so many people, ladies and gentlemen, after this week, looking at the elections and looking at what is going on and people are so up in the air because of our first black vice president and all of this stuff, of the potential of it, ladies and gentlemen. And while that all may be nice you cannot be naive or deceived in certain things just because it may be the first of something you have to be alert you got to be watchful you got to see what in the world is going on and what may be the plan of the enemy for certain things to come into fruition i don't care what you're looking at it don't matter what the what party lines you are in god is not caught cared about your party lines god is caring about his agenda his agenda must be at the number one forefront his agenda must be first his agenda must be pushed. And we as believers cannot be silent and turning our eye away and not standing in the gap and beginning to pray when things, ladies and gentlemen, are in our country or in our homes that are not right. You have a responsibility to pray and intercede and call down fire from heaven so that those things will be corrected. You have a responsibility, ladies and gentlemen. Every believer has a responsibility to, inter uh, to intercession. Every believer has a responsibility to be watchful, to be alert, to be on guard. The Bible says to be sober, to be to be sober-minded. The way in the way the way that we don't fall in line with Satan's uh, plots and his and his deception is that our minds are sober. It's not distracted by the things of the world. It's not distracted by the things of life. The reason why some of you may not be sober now is because you're distracted. Your eyes and your mind and your heart is in so many different places and you're not making right decisions and sound decisions because you're not sober-minded at this moment. Ladies and gentlemen, God is looking for the people of God to start championing righteousness, to start worrying about who's relevant, to start worrying about, no, God is calling us to a place and always called us to take our rightful place as intercessors, as light here on the earth, and to really call down and bind things and loose things here on the earth and loose it in heaven and to bind things here on the earth. And then God said, I will, I will bind it in heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a call, ladies and gentlemen, that God is calling us to. The call, ladies and gentlemen, is to be watchers and guardians 
here, ladies and gentlemen, in your home, wherever you are, whatever you have influence over, you're called to that place. So here in our text, ladies and gentlemen, we're not here in Isaiah, but we are here, ladies and gentlemen, in the book of Ezekiel. Let me give you some background about my man Ezekiel. Ezekiel, what we call, is the prophet of the glory. He is the prophet of the glory. Him, he, he, he saw a lot of glorious things. He saw the glory of the, gl glory of the Lord even in the midst of suffering because he was able to see beyond that, able to see beyond the sufferings of our Savior. Ladies and gentlemen, Ezekiel, he's a contemporary with Jeremiah and Daniel. They were kind of ministering around the same time. They were kind of ministering around the same time, and Ezekiel came to confirm the message of the prophet Jeremiah when Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 29 how that the Babylonians were going to siege Jerusalem. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeremiah spoke, ladies and gentlemen, he spoke to the remnant that remained in the land. Daniel spoke in the court of the, uh, of the king of, of Babylon, and Ezekiel spoke to the captives who had been brought to the rivers of Babylon. Ladies and gentlemen, Ezekiel uh, uh, ministered in, a time, in, in, one of the, in some of the darkest days of the nation of Israel. Ladies and gentlemen, Ezekiel, uh, what made Ezekiel different than all the other prophets is Ezekiel acted out the prophecies. He, 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 didn't, he, didn't, he didn't talk in the parables or, uh, and liken the judgment to something. Matter of fact, Ezekiel would act it out. Uh, Ezekiel, would, 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 he would have been looked at as strange, like, what is he doing? He would say a prophecy and act it out. He would say what's to come, and he would, he would act it out to give demonstration to what the word of the Lord said. All right. And so we hear we see here that Ezekiel was more of an illustrated type of preacher. He was more so of an illustrated type of prophet that he would illustrate the prophecies that was given to him by God. But here, ladies and gentlemen, in Ezekiel chapter three, uh, Ezekiel chapter three, before I move you up to Ezekiel 33. And the reason why I'm starting you at Ezekiel chapter three is because that's when God commissioned him to be a watchman. Uh, uh, he commissioned him to be a watchman. He would he he uh, uh, a watchman, ladies and gentlemen, in a spiritual sense. He had the he had the sole responsibility uh, of, of being a mouthpiece of God to be a mouthpiece of God. This is where we start getting into uh, uh, the prophetic office, the prophetic office. And one of the things of a prophet, ladies and gentlemen, is to be a seer, somebody that could see, ladies and gentlemen, and, and, and see in the spirit and, and begin to communicate those things that God is showing them, ladies and gentlemen, and, and, and voice them on the spot. The, the, the job of a watchman was to, to, to see the danger and to warn them of what was to come. And, 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 and with that being said, they had the sole responsibility by God to stand and tell the truth, even in the midst of when they didn't want to hear the truth. And when they were even in rebellion, they still, he had the responsibility ability to say it what how God gave it to him can I help somebody in here this morning the reality is the church still has the same responsibility even in this culture I don't care if they don't want to hear it I don't care if they're in rebellion you have a responsibility to tell people the truth the truth of the matter is is that you're sinful that you are that you need God that your good deeds are not enough to get you 
you in your morale, your morality, morality code is nothing without, oh my God, the salvation of the Lord. That is the reality of where we are. And so many times that we want to fight these natural, these natural things with, oh, my God, that are happening in our world with, with natural devices. And the only way we could fight it is through the spirit, is through, uh, uh, is through the things of the spirit, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, let me also give you a kind of so he was he was deemed to be a watchman. And now as I move you up to Ezekiel 33, I'm not going to I don't want to be long, but I got to move you up because then Ezekiel 33 gives us more of understanding of what a watchman does. So he calls him to be a watchman. Then the breakdown of it comes in Ezekiel 33. Hallelujah. It comes in Ezekiel 33. Here's the other thing. Let me give you a historical context about a watchman, ladies and gentlemen. Watchmen were guards responsible for protecting towns and military installations from surprise enemy attacks and other potential dangers that may have arise. Ladies and gentlemen, a watchman in the Hebrew means to look out or, or about. It means to spy. It means to keep watch. It means to observe. It means to watch, ladies and gentlemen. Every believer has has the responsibility to be alert, to watch, ladies and gentlemen, as well as to pray. You cannot just see something and don't say something. Oh, my God. That is your job. It's not to, oh, my God. See, this is what we do. We see what's going on in the world, but we don't pray about it. We see what's going on, complain about it, say this needs to happen, that needs to happen, and then you say, oh, all you got to do is vote. You've been doing that for all these many years. There got to be something more that you got to do. You have to a parent with praying, ladies and gentlemen. Hallelujah. I don't care if you don't like what's being said. The reality of the matter is, is that you've been watching, but you haven't been praying. You've been looking at the news, but you haven't been praying. The more you looked, the more you haven't done anything. The reality, the reason why you're getting more stress, because you're watching what's going on. Now, oh my God, the reason why you're getting more anxious, because you hear all of this negative reports of the enemy. But why, if you got in the prayer and begin to intercept some things in the spirit, to begin to intercept that anxiety that may be arising up in you or arising up in somebody else. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, where that God is looking for some people in this part, oh my God, to stand up and to pray as well as watch. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, God is looking for the, the intercessor to stand as a watchman. I'm talking about you. I'm not talking about some specific people that you have in a ministry group at your church. I'm talking about you. Every believer is deemed an intercessor. Everyone. So hear me. He charges him to be a watchman. Here's a couple things I want you to see about this, ladies and gentlemen. Here's a couple things in verse 2. Put that on the screen for me. In verse 2, can I help you? Can I help both of us here? And this is why it's been staring. So when I bring the sword upon the land, see, here it is. Son of man, speak of the children of your people and say to them, when I bring the sword upon the land and the people of the land take a man from their territory, make him their watchman. 
let me tell you something. Let me talk to every father that's in a home. You have been set as a watchman over your house. Hallelujah. You have been set as a watchman over your house. You stand guard. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God told, he said, son of man. Oh, my God. He's speaking to Ezekiel. He's saying, Ezekiel, he said, I want you to set some men. When that sword comes, I want you to set them as watchmen. I want you to set them as watchmen. Say to yourself, say, I am a watchman. Put it in the chat screen. Say, I am a watchman. I, I am a watchman. Here, here it is. Let me tell you something. Can I also help you? Here, here it is. Here it is. Watch what I'm about to tell you. Uh, a role of a watchman, hear me, is not solely reserved to those who are in church leadership. Let me help you. While I have a responsibility as the pastor of TCF, and God has, has, has put me over charge of the souls of the people here, ladies and gentlemen, the reality is, is that the sole responsibility of a watchman is not on my hands. Because <laughs> the reality is, if you see wickedness and you don't address it with, oh my God, address it, and you know it's wicked, then you're just at fault because you didn't share with them. All right, I'm a, let's go. Verse 3. When he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people. Ladies and gentlemen, I feel good about this now because here, the, here, here is where I'm really about to get to. The reality is, is that when you see something that is coming, ladies and gentlemen, when you are able to see, hallelujah, how the enemy wants to work through certain things to try to push an agenda forward. And when you see attacks coming and lurking with your family, let me tell you something. There are certain things that you can see about your kids and you look at the family and, um, excuse me, you look at the friends that they're around. You look at this and that around, and you say to yourself, mm, something ain't right here, and something in your spirit is bubbling you up to pray. Hallelujah. You can't resist the urge of that. When you see something that may be, you may see something and discern that there might be a health problem with your parent, or a health problem with this or that. There's something that in you has to bubble up and say, I got to pray here, because there's something right here that I need to begin to blow the trumpet about. I need to start sounding the warning about ladies and gentlemen. And here's what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. God has told Ezekiel, he said, when you set up watchmen, here's the job of the watchmen. See, you have to understand back in ancient days, they build walls to, afford, to fortify their city. To be, oh my God, to keep them in defense. And so those watchmen that were on the walls, ladies and gentlemen, were trying to see the attack that was coming. Oh God, I hear you, Holy Spirit. There's a man by the name of Nehemiah. Come on in here now. Nehemiah was rebuilding the wall and he had all of this opposition hallelujah and they even put watchmen there because they thought oh my god they thought that those men were going to come after them so with one hand they were still building the wall but with the other hand they had their sword ready to do some war to do some battle once they heard that trumpet blow 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This trumpet, ladies and gentlemen, that they are speaking of is what we call a shofar. A shofar was often used in, oh my God, in, 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 in wartime, ladies and gentlemen, because when you heard that trumpet blow out, the trumpet of the shofar to blow, you knew it was about to go down and you were ready for it. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, the reason why we are here, that's why there shouldn't be no surprise attack, because there should be people that are praying, that are already interceding, that are already intercepting the attack before it even comes. Can I give you this? When there is no one standing on the wall to see and pray, that's when the enemy can creep in and push an agenda. Can I give you this? That spiritual battles are often won or lost before the crisis even comes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, we couldn't probably see the pandemic coming, but the reality is, is that some of us were living our lives frivolously before it got here. That's why when, oh my God, when trouble coming, you got laid off, you didn't have a nest egg ready because you weren't, oh my God, you weren't watching that potential days could come where you need to set yourself up in the event there is a loss of a job. Oh, y'all ain't gonna hear me now. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, where there is somebody on the wall to see an attack there's always a preparedness there's a readiness and the reality is the church was scrambling to try to put things before because they weren't looking ahead So we last minute trying to get online services together. We're last minute trying to rearrange again why? Because there was no one on the watchman praying warning us Blowing the trumpet, ladies and gentlemen. Blowing that shofar and saying, hey, you better wake up from your slumber. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you have a people now who are asleep. And that was Jesus' frustration. The frustration that Jesus had with the disciples in the garden. The, way, the frustration that he had was they didn't understand. He was trying to prepare them that when I'm not around here, you better be watching as well as praying so that you won't fall into temptation. So he said to here, are you getting something out of this? Here, here's what I'm saying. He said, I want you to blow the trumpet. Hallelujah. I heard it saying, I said, spare, oh my God, cry aloud and spare not, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care. Let me tell you something. If you continue to go in this direction with no, oh my God, reverence for God, I'm telling you the country will go into such a bad place, an even worse state, ladies and gentlemen. And they don't got nothing to do. The, oh my God, the moral crises in our land don't got nothing to do with a Trump in office. It don't got nothing to do with a Biden in office. It got to do if there's a heart that is far away from God and people need to be warned. I don't care who you put in there. The reality of the matter is the world is falling far from the peace of shore of the grace of God and we need to blow the trumpet of Zion and say repent ye therefore for the kingdom of God is at hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's saying you need to warn the people 
you have a responsibility to warn them. Oh, people going to think I'm crazy. They already think you are now. Oh, my God. Who's to, who cares? Who cares what they have to say? The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't take away from the responsibility that you and I have. Verse, he says, so you need to blow the trumpet and you need to warn. I'm trying to encourage the church today and encourage you from that place of where you in to begin to blow the shofar, blow the trumpet. The, the shofar was used in war. I cannot knock on, cannot come to your doorstep for a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I are in a war. And the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, when you see certain things coming to your family, you better sound that trumpet. You can't be quiet from what you see. You better blow that trumpet inside and let and warn them of what's to come ladies and gentlemen he tells them warn the people warn them now hallelujah if they turn they got to turn ladies and gentlemen tell them warn them now there's a time that's coming ladies and gentlemen there's a time that's coming and I don't know how soon it's coming I don't know when I'm not here to speculate but I'm just here to warn you that don't let God catch you in a place where you were sleeping the Bible tells us Jesus said, I come like a thief in the night. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The reality is, he tells them, he says, I need the watchman on the door. And when you see trouble, I need you to blow the trumpet. And I want you to not spare not. Don't you, don't, don't you, don't spare not. Warn the people. Then wherever hears, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes, uh, takes him away, his blood shall be on his head. Here's the reality, ladies and gentlemen. When we do our part, oh God, oh my God, help me. When we do our part, ladies and gentlemen, the blood is not on our hands. When we do our part for interceding and praying for that person, not condemning them, but praying for them, interceding on them. You see some coming on, you see a little bit of, 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 of that. I'm telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen, you have to intercede. What are you doing? Verse 5 says, he heard the sound of the trumpet. But did not take warning, his blood shall not be upon himself. But he who takes warning will save his life. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, there's not enough warning. There's so much of this whole this whole thing in this world of church age today, ladies and gentlemen. There's not enough warning. There's not enough telling people where things are, ladies and gentlemen. There's not enough telling them uh, to come to Jesus and showing them how to live this life. We want to begin to mix in with the culture and say, okay, this is good. You can add Jesus along with this. You can add Jesus along with your energy and your new age stuff, ladies and gentlemen. You can add Jesus and he's a part of the whole universe thing. You can add Jesus in this whole manifesting thing. Oh, I manifested that. I manifested this. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't manifest nothing without the God. Oh my God. Without God who did does it. You can talk that you want a Mercedes all you want to, but if it ain't God called you to it, it doesn't matter what you manifested. You can, you can, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care how you want to put it or put it out there, ladies and gentlemen. The reality is of, of it is this. Like, there is no mixture when it comes down to God. There is only black and white. There's either right or wrong. There is either his side or you're not or you're against him what side of the coin are you on (laughs) 
He said, I've appointed watchmen to stand on the wall to look and to say, to look and observe, to see the coming danger. When you warn them and blow that trumpet, ladies and gentlemen, that's what brings, that's what brings people warning. And some will hear the warning and their lives will be saved. Some people will actually hear this message today. I know this ain't a relationship message. I get it. Some people will actually hear this message today because of this warning and turn to get themselves in, a, in, in line with God. Ladies and gentlemen, the reality is, is that God is calling the people of God to stand as the watchman, to blow the trumpet and to warn. Here's what he happened. Here's what happens as a result of this. I got to move. What time it is? I got to move. And it says, verse 6, but if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet and the people are not warned and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. Here's the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, we are losing a whole generation of people, oh my God, because we are seeing things and not saying nothing. You, we are losing a generation of people by the numbers because we are not see we are we're not on the dwat we're not on the post. We are so concerned about ourselves that we have not. Oh my God, we have not gotten into a place of humility to say it's not about me. But I need to stand in the gap for those who don't know how to for themselves. Ladies and gentlemen, the re what you are asking God to do in the world, God is expecting that from you first. Second Chronicles chapter seven. If my people will humble themselves. And pray. And turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. God is not going to heal the problem here in our land until the church comes to a place of humility to turn to God and say, we've allowed ourselves to get away from who our true identity is. And here we go. We're losing. We, we are having blood on our hands, church, because we have, a, we have more people selling themselves than selling Jesus to people. <laughs> we have more people selling a brand, making money off of Jesus because they wouldn't have nothing without him, but not giving people him the truth. So when you have a brand's name on the line, you don't say certain things in truth because you're worried about cancel culture. <laughs> and you have been You've been called to be a watchman on the door. This is not just a sole message for church leaders. This is a message for the body of Christ. We've looked in judgment. We've judged. We've done this. The reality is God is saying, where are you to blow the trumpet? Not a trumpet in condemnation, but a trumpet in warning of telling them, listen, you are on a bad track. Where are you to intercede? Where are the intercessors? 
who are going to see it. We're so always responding to it. We're not proactive. If we're true kingdom citizens, our identity, because we're connected with God, there's some things that we can see before it happens because our relationship with God. And nothing is being blocked or stopped up because of people don't know their real weapon of prayer. That's why God has placed this upon my heart. TCF, I want you to understand as we go into this four year of ministry and as we move forward, this is a house that believes in intercession and seeing things before it happens. To intercept it in the spirit. There are certain things that you can let me tell you something. The spiritual realm works in a, such a degree where there's a there could there could be there could be stuff going on in your neighborhood that was underground, and because of your prayer, there's God could send an angel right there to reveal it. I'm, I'm trying to help somebody. I'm trying to help you see this. Go with me to Luke chapter 21. I'm coming to a close. I'm coming to a close. I know this is a different message. Luke chapter 21. Here we go. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with what? Carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly. Verse 35. For... It will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth. Verse 36. Watch, therefore. <laughs> and what? Pray. This is Jesus saying this. He's saying, don't be caroused with all of that and drunkenness and all of that stuff. He says, watch, therefore. This is now his command to us. Watch therefore and what? Pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to, the, and to stand before the Son of Man. Here's what he's saying. Listen, don't let God catch you in that. Don't let, don't ha, take on the, I want you to watch therefore and I want you to pray so that you will be counted worthy. Come on in here so that you may be counted worthy. Ladies and gentlemen, the responsibility of the change of a nation, of a change of a family and a community lies in you and I's hands and our ability to persevere and to pray. Let me leave you with Ephesians chapter 6. Let me leave you with the words of Paul this mo this morning. Well, now this afternoon, I hope that this was a blessing to you because I'm trying to light a fire under you this uh, this afternoon. It says it in verse six. I mean, chapter six, verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Watch this being watchful to this end <laughs> with all perseverance and supplication for who all saints. 
I want you to see it again. Praying what? Always. Did he say sometime? No. Did he say when? Oh, there's a song that's out here when I pray when things are bad. Ladies and gentlemen, that's your problem now is that you're praying when things go bad. And the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, you're not praying without ceasing. And so all we see prayer as is prayer as our response instead of prayer being the proactive thing that we do before that uh, thing happens. The Bible says pray without ceasing. He ceasing. He did not say pray sometimes. He didn't say that on every other day. No, he said pray always. Ephesians 6:18. He said pray always with all prayer and supplication where in the spirit where in the spirit, ladies and gentlemen, the reason why Paul says this is because there are when you when you enter into prayer, ladies and gentlemen, when you really enter in the true, genuine, prophetic, intercessory type of prayer, ladies and gentlemen, you have now I don't even have the time to deal with this. You have now stepped into another realm, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. You've stepped in from the natural and you stepped into the spirit where God begins to show you some things and begin to reveal some things to you and you begin to pray God's heart oh my God hallelujah instead of your own flesh you step in and now pray what God prays oh my God what God has on his heart I step into another dimension another realm of intercession where I could see and begin to pray what God sees Oh, my God. And when I pray in the spirit, God, oh, my God, oh, hallelujah. When I pray in the spirit, I am praying the will of God. And that's why you're, I can't, I, Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6, one last time. Ephesians 6, I, I, I'm praying specifically, watch me. It says, being watchful to this end, hallelujah, hear, hear me, with all perseverance and supplication. He's saying, I want you to be watchful to this end. I need you to be alert. There's a church that is asleep, and it has to be alert. You have been, uh, you have been on, you have been in a drunken stupor for too long. It's time for you to be alert. It's time for you to be watchful to this end with all perseverance. When a watchman came, ladies and gentlemen, they had different watchtowers. <laughs> I'm going to come to a close now. They had different watch times, ladies and gentlemen. Hallelujah. There was a watch time during the day where they had watchmen watch the walls throughout the day. But then there was a different time, which was a crucial time. It was nighttime where the watchmen had to be even more alert. Oh, my God. Because a lot of things want to attack you in the dark. Oh, my God. Ah, I feel my help coming on now. Let me tell you something. It's easy. It's kind of easy to see where the attack is coming in the day. But it's a lot harder to see the attack that's coming at night. And a lot of us, the reason why it comes at night is because you're not being watchful. And that's what Jesus had a problem with with the disciples. It was nighttime. When you're watching, you can see the attack that's coming. And guess what? The enemy can't catch you by surprise because you've been standing up against the wall and you've been watching and you've been persevering and watching and you've been persevering and looking and seeing where is it coming from. You can call it paranoia, but I'm calling it being discerning and watching and seeing because the enemy comes. He likes to come in at night. He likes to, oh my God, come 
when you're most vulnerable, when you're most vulnerable to be attacked. But guess what? When you watch for, it doesn't matter about a call you get at 12 at night to try to make a booty call. You already see it and blocked it. Oh, y'all ain't gonna talk to me now. The reality is, when you see the attack that's coming at night, you can watch it and see it and call fire upon it and say back to sender. God. Hallelujah. The wickedness, oh my God, likes to plague at night. There's a lot of dark things that happens at night. But when there's a people that's watching and where there's a people that's praying, ladies and gentlemen, the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, it can try to come. But when you put that word against the attack, it will stop before it even cuts to your house. Oh my God. Woo, my goodness. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God is looking for a watchman. I don't care who you are. You are called to be a watchman. Every believer, under the sound of my voice, you got a responsibility. And when you see that attack coming at night, the watchman had to be ready to blow that trumpet, to blow that shofar. And I dare you to start blowing that shofar over your family, over your community. Sound the Allah, cry Allah, and spare not. I don't care if they make you think that we're crazy. I don't care if they're tired of hearing about it. I want you to tell them until they turn, until they come to know that Jesus is the only way you getting out of this. Jesus is the only way that's going to give you fulfillment. I need you to blow that trumpet and see that enemy run. And I tell you, the same devil that's been attacking you may have scattered seven different directions. Because you didn't blow on that trumpet. Woo. Woo, my God. Why are you running from the enemy? Why are you running from the enemy? Some of you right now, you ain't been sleeping at night. You've been dealing with insomnia. You've been dealing with all of that. But can I tell you, can I blow that trumpet and intercept it in the spirit and decree and declare, tonight you can rest. Oh my God, my God in here, I gotta go now. I gotta get out of here, but I feel my, oh my God. I feel the spirit of God now, walking on, oh my God, walking on every person's heart right now and say, come on, what you got? You got enough in you. You better know your rightful place as a king's child, as a kingdom citizen. Hallelujah. I dare you to blow that shofar. Where are the watchmen? Where are the intercessors? You stand at the post and you begin to see where the attack is coming from. And you will be victorious. It does not matter the response of the people. It matters our responsibility to pray and to warn. Doesn't matter about how people react. Your job is not their reaction. Your job is to give the truth. Ezekiel could care less that they thought he was crazy because he acted out the prophetic words he got. He didn't care. He had a responsibility You're so busy trying to fit in with a group of people that ain't never going to accept you. 
God is calling you. He's calling you. Oh, my mother, he don't care about what your mother did. He's talking to you. Don't care about the lifestyle you grew up in. He's talking to you. Doesn't matter. You, God is calling. You, God has sent you to go before your family to reserve them. And the only way you can do that is if you're on the post. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why don't you chat somebody in this section? Say, are you on your post? Come on, I'm ready now. Are you on your post? Are you on the post, ladies and gentlemen? I said, TCF, as we go into this four year on September 6th, I said, are you on your post? Have you got tired? Are you ready to go forward? I'm telling you now, it doesn't matter what you be look like, but are you on the post? Because let me tell you something, and I will tell you this as I always tell you all the time. We didn't come to conform, but we came to transform. And the only way you do that is blowing that trumpet and sounding the alarm and letting people know that the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. saved. I've blown the trumpet to you today. I've let you know that you are in need of a Savior. His name is Jesus. He came, he died for you and I, and he came so that you may have eternal life and that you may be reconciled to God. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you subscribe so that you can continue to be empowered by the latest podcast. For more information on Transformation Christian Fellowship, visit our website at transformationchristianfellowship.org or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to 77977. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.